Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio.
Now it's time for our reading here in the New Testament. Our scripture comes from the book of Mark, chapter 7, verse 24, through chapter 8, verse 10. Well, Jesus traveled about 30 miles to Tyre. The cities of Tyre and Sidon were port cities on the Mediterranean Sea north of Israel. Both had flourishing trade and were very wealthy cities. They were proud, historic Canaanite cities. Now in David's day, Tyre was on friendly terms with Israel. But soon afterward, the city became known for its wickedness. Its king even claimed to be God. Tyre rejoiced when Jerusalem was destroyed way back in 586 B.C. because without Israel's competition, Tyre's trade and profits would increase. It was into this evil and materialistic culture that Jesus brought his message. We'll read about a woman, this Gentile here in Scripture, born in Syrian Phoenicia. Mark's designation refers to her political background. His Roman audience would easily identify her by the part of the empire that was her home. Now, on the surface, Jesus' words may seem harsh and unsympathetic when this woman asks for help, but the woman recognized them as a wide-open door to God's throne. Well, read about a miracle here today, too. This miracle shows that Jesus' power over demons is so great that he doesn't need to be present physically in order to free someone. His power transcends any distance. He's God in person. Now, when Jesus said, be opened to this man's ears, he used language that uh, this deaf man would understand. The healing message was personal and unique. Whoever thought spittle might be the conduit of a miracle. If there's only one means of witness in your church, sermons, for instance, many people likely will not hear. Churches need lots of different methods to meet diverse needs. Let musicians play, singers sing, actors act, and writers write. Let each creative Christian tell the story. Jesus used spit and mud. Surely we can find windows to the minds and hearts of people as well. All right, enough commentary for now. Let's begin our reading here today in the New Testament. February 25th, the New Testament. Mark chapter 7, verse 24 through chapter 8, verse 10. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile born in Syrian Phoenicia, Jesus told her, First, I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed, and the demon was gone. Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the Ten Towns. A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man to heal him. Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. He put his fingers into the man's ears. Then, spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha, which means, be opened. Instantly the man could hear perfectly, and his tongue was freed 
so he could speak plainly. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, Everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. About this time, another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they'll faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples, who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found, too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about four thousand people in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and crossed over to the region of Dalmanutha. Psalm 41 verses 1 through 13. The Bible often speaks of God's care for the weak, poor, and needy, and of His blessing those who share this concern. God wants our generosity to reflect His own free giving. As He has blessed us, we should bless others. We freely receive from God, so let's freely give. Well, this verse, verse 9 of chapter 41 here in Psalm, a prophecy of Christ's betrayal is referred to In John chapter 13, verse 18, Judas, one of Jesus' twelve disciples, had spent three years learning from Jesus, traveling with uh, Jesus and eating with him and all the other disciples. And he was even uh, handling the finances for the entire group. Eventually, this so-called best friend, of course, betrayed Jesus. It's amazing how one can hang out close to God and not see or be affected by God's heart, not be transformed. Psalm 41 Verses 1 through 13. For the choir director, a psalm of David. Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. Oh, Lord, I prayed, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. But my enemies say nothing but evil about me. How soon will he die and be forgotten, they ask. They visit me as if they were my friends. But all the while they gather gossip, and when they leave they spread it everywhere. All who hate me whisper about me, imagining the worst. He has some fatal disease, they say. He will never get out of that bed. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, The one who shared my food has turned against me. Lord, have mercy on me. Make me well again so I can pay them back. I know you are pleased with me, for you have not let my enemies triumph over me. You have preserved my life because I am innocent. You have brought me into your presence forever. Praise the Lord! 
the God of Israel who lives from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 15 and 16. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. The earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin.
Hi guys, this is uh, Jared Martin, 22 years old from Mount Vernon, Ohio. Uh, I grew up with a good family, you know, and uh, I grew up with a mom who did everything for me. And, uh, you know, she meant the world to me. And she kind of took care of me in every situation uh, in the place of my dad. And I had trouble for the longest time just forgiving her because I thought she was taking the place of my dad. When really, you know, she was just looking out for me and making sure that I was okay and safe and taken care of. Well, six years ago, she had gotten sick with cancer and uh, in the stage four, and I found out that it was terminal, that she only had a year to live. But uh, she battled her cancer for three years, and uh, the day I found out she was sick, uh, my life changed, but it was for the, for the worse, honestly, because uh, I stopped trusting in God, and, you know, I thought that He wasn't there anymore for me, and... You know, I was wrong, but uh, at that time I felt lonely. I felt like I had nowhere to turn to, no one to talk to. You know, I got really, uh, I got really depressed. And uh, so I turned to the drug life, the party life, and uh, I was headed down the wrong path. And uh, she battled her cancer for three years, and she passed away October 8th, 2012, and uh, that was the absolute worst day of my life. I thought it couldn't get any worse when I found out that she was sick, but, you know, the day she passed away was a day I felt the most alone in my life, even worse than when my father had left the family and uh, wasn't ever there anymore. But, uh, so that worsened my drug addiction and it led me to almost killing myself, um, physically, mentally, uh, you know, I, I thought God had completely abandoned me and, uh, but, you know, he was there all along and he saved my life multiples of times and, uh. July 13th of 2015, I had come to the refuge by the grace of God, and uh, he used my sister as a vessel to tell me about the place, and uh, I came in that day, and my life had done a complete 180, turning from bad to good, and uh, I just pressed in and seeked out a relationship with God, and he has done such wondrous things in my life, but uh, there still was a problem that, you know, I wasn't willing to completely fully submit and obey, and uh, that allowed Satan access to my life, and uh, I had gotten asked to leave for a cell phone, and, uh, you know, I just realized that day that you have to stay faithful in the little things in order to be faithful in the big things. And uh, even if you figure that it's something small, it really is big because it could wind up destroying your life in the in the end, making the wrong decision. But, you know, when I was asked to leave, I 
knew that it wasn't over. I told myself that I was going to come back and continue seeking a relationship with God and dig further. And uh, so I came back 30 days after, and uh, I really pressed in and fully submitted myself and was obedient to everything that I was asked to do. And uh, to this day, you know, my life has completely done a 180. I feel so much better. I have family restoration. And uh, I couldn't be happier to say where I am today, uh, having the relationship with God that, you know, I never really believed that I could have. And uh, he's done so much things in my life, giving me that family restoration, my health back, uh, you know, just making me fully content to be who I am today. Uh, and I encourage everyone here to just press in even harder than they are and uh, make God your number one priority in life. And he will give you everything that you really want that he has for you. He wants to give to you. And uh, I just keep encouraging you, brothers, just to keep pressing on and uh, persevere through the problems of every day. Thank you, guys. This is Jacob Stewart, and I just want to give an affirmation down to the guys in Vinton County. Um, when I was down there, I just noticed uh, you guys are really pressing in, just doing a great job. Um, you guys are just uh, a bunch of solid guys down there. Just keep it up. Thanks. This is Today, a daily devotional to refresh, refocus, renew. This is Today for Tuesday, April 9. Bite, devour, destroy. From Galatians 5. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Did your father or mother ever yell from the front seat, Stop fighting! Don't make me pull this car over! It's an attempt to interrupt a situation that is getting out of control, and maybe even dangerous if the driver is distracted. Like a frustrated parent, Paul was not all that happy about how things were going in the Galatian church. Paul saw how destructive the situation had become and how the people were hurting one another. You can hear the frustration in his voice as he warns them that their behavior is on a dangerous path. I wonder what Paul would say to our churches today. Would he see love and care for one another? Or would he see petty arguments and bitterness toward one another? How much grace do we show to our neighbor? Does biting and devouring characterize our relationships? If so, Paul wants us to realize that this is a very dangerous path. Earlier in this chapter, Paul says that what really matters is faith expressing itself through love. It all comes back to the action of loving each other, even those we disagree with. We need to stop destroying through biting and devouring. We need to express our faith through loving one another. This is the pathway that really matters. Your boy T-Bone, I'm back again, y'all. It's once for everyone searching in life, trying to find a way through this thing. Growing up, we didn't have much. I still remember mom in the welcome line. Pops on the corner, slanging flowers, trying to make a dime. Pops 
hustling hard, working beyond the nine to five, praying somebody stop a cause, just keep passing the by. My older sister ran away and chose a life of crime. My younger sister getting calls from these older guys. I still hear the sound of them sirens running through my mind. Saw my grandma dying a stretcher before my very eyes. And who could forget the flames coming out of my room with firefighters trying to save everything that ain't ruined. It's bad enough we barely make it in speed. Now we ain't even got a blanket or a place to sleep. Man, we all been through struggles in them harder times. And at times it seems that there ain't no peace of mind. But just when I started to doubt, thinking nobody cares, I looked up and found that you was always right there. I'm still looking for, keep looking for, out searching nothing but the steady looking for. today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.